it really is nuts. I mean, when you launch a rocket, that's pretty cool, but nothing matches the adrenaline rush you get while playing a perfect cover drive. I know what cricket is. I know it's it's relatively violent and. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there was this episode of Friends where Ross is dating an English girl, and yes. she she her friends her mates. No, this happened. Her mates get into a cricket match, and he tries to play, and he just like breaks all the bones in his body. It's wild. I think wasn't that rugby? Or rugby? Wasn't that rugby? That was rugby. <laughs> A very warm welcome to the final episode of the Cricket Library Weekly for 2022. My name is Matt Ellis, and as a special treat to kick things off for the final episode of the year, my co-host, Robbie McKinlay, has caught up with someone who knows how to pick a winner. Thanks, Matty. Yes, indeed. I am really looking forward to this prediction from Mary Ann Henderson, who, as mentioned previously, made the bold prediction, I was in the commentary box with her at the time, that the Adelaide Strikers would be crowned WBBL champions. This very forecast, just one third of the way through the WBBL 08 season. Oh, You could argue the strikers, even though in fourth place, are probably the informed side of the competition. You know what? I think I'll call it early. It's very early days in the competition, but strikers to win, I think they're building beautiful momentum. I'm getting some funny looks here in the commentary. The whole comp, I think. Wow. (laughs) They've got a point to prove, and they're playing really well. Their brand of cricket is so amazing for the women's game. So changing the way T20's played, I love to see it. Well, guys, you're only... Gone a couple of minutes into the competition, Mary Ann's yeah. name, the title holds. Do you yeah. want to have some input into that, or are we just going to w- not worry about the rest of the comp? Well, let's just wait to see what transpires. Okay. Though. This is a 16-game competition. There's a long way to go. It all ebbs and flows. You can get into form and out of form really quickly in this format. Well, there you have it. Right on the money was Mary Ann. Okay, to get her BBL tip at the one-third point of the tournament, the Queen of Sydney Premier Cricket, Marianne Henderson joins me right now on the Cricket Library Weekly. A very warm welcome, Mary Ann Henderson, aka Nostradamus. Hi, Robbie. It's so great to be here. I am an avid listener of you guys, so it's nice to actually uh, appear. Well, when word got out that we were going to um, asking you for your tip for this BBL 012 season. Uh, bookmaking markets have gone into a frenzy. They've been put on hold, actually, because it is nothing will happen until we find out about this. Now, your WBBL tip, read the strikers, it came to fruition. What prompted you at the time to make such a big call? Because you caught myself and Michelle Gosko right off guard. I know. I really had you both offside, didn't I, after that bold prediction? But I just, uh, I think, There's a lot of factors that are involved in when you're observing a team that you know are building well, so momentum's really important, Um, the team that actually appear on paper, and then how they perform against certain opposition as well. So I was fairly confident with with the strikers, and uh, luckily I was right. Confident? Some would almost say almost arrogant about it, the way you just... (laughs) Because I know you've got some connections with the sixes and that. hope that didn't put you offside with a few of them. Yeah, well, you know what? It, I never want to go against uh, my mates. And I think I said at the end of the WBBL season that I congratulated every single athlete from every single <laughs> franchise. 
place because they did so well, didn't they? And they made Australian cricket so proud. Um, So first and foremost, congratulations to everyone. But there's always only going to be one winner. So tough but fair, I guess. (laughs) It was indeed. No, full credit to you. Now, have you been following the BBL closely? I've been following it super closely. Um, I think I'm more confident following the women's game and making comment about them, but I've made the extra effort to follow the men this season and it's been very weird and wonderful so far, hasn't it? Well, now you do know that my uh, fellow co-host in the Cricket Library Weekly, uh, Maddie Ellis, is such a passionate Sydney Thunder supporter. Yes. I guess he's he's sort of thinking and you know that you're probably going to go with them, but I'm not sure. I'm not going to disclose anything, but... Did you think had, when Thunder were bowled out for fifteen? Did that sort of were alarm bells ringing? Uh, alarm bells were ringing well before that for me for oh. the Thunder, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is great to see them on a winning streak now. I think they've made some necessary tweaks and inclusions, and um, tweaked a few things and playing a little more aggressively. But they are not in my prediction for this year. All right. Well, that's ruled out one. Uh, okay, it's time we we better get on it because. We cannot hold the suspense any longer. It's killing me, to be honest. I, I hardly slept last night. Now, we're doing this um, We're doing this Thursday morning. It's yep. the 29th of December, and we have had, I believe, I'm just looking, my, we've had 19, today's matches, we've had 18 games played. So that's about a third of the way through the season. Yep. Uh, I would now going to ask you, Marianne, who will be crowned BBL champions for 22-23? Well, I'm going to go one better than the WBBL prediction. I'm going to predict who's going to win, and then I might just name the teams that they will come up against in the grand final, if that's okay, depending on the structure of the ladder and all that kind of stuff, if you allow me to do that, Robbie. Oh, it's it's your go. It's your show. Your go. Far <laughs> well, away. I think, I think it's the season to be a striker, actually, so Strikers to take BBL 12. However, they need to be careful that they don't peak too early because I reckon they will come up against the Hurricanes or the Scorchers in the wow. ground. So the, you're tipping the Strikers again, so it's going to be a, to follow up from the WBBL success. And then the yep. Scorchers and the Hurricanes, you're thinking, uh, could probably play off in that preliminary final to see who plays them. Absolutely, yes. So either the Hurricanes or the or the uh, Scorchers will play against the Strikers, but I think it's the season of, of the Strikers, definitely, with just their leadership, their experience, um, their youth are coming to the forefront as well, their young guys are performing, and all the three facets of the game, their bowling, fielding and batting is just outstanding. Well, Marianne, where did, just for Matty Ellis's sake... How do you think, can the Thunder at least make the finals or do you, do you, do you think it's not going to be their year? Well, it's top five in finals, am I right? Correct, yes, in the in the BBL, yep. Oh, okay. Let's see. Okay, well, we've got Strikers, Scorchers, Hurricanes. Um, you know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll let him have it. They'll come in at fifth. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That'll that was straight through. <laughs> That's a smart move if you want to further your career on the Cricket Library Weekly too, Marianne. <laughs> well, now, this I've got to ask you before I let you go, do you get any requests from other sporting organisations? Do you, like, you know, say Melbourne <laughs> Cup or Spring Carnival, do you get busy getting tips for winners or horses or maybe even, the, you know, down at the Wentworth Park Greyhounds or something like that or, or NRL AFL tips? 
Do you know what? Well, NRL, I'm hopeless because I'm a Roosters fan. So even if when I know they're going to lose, I go for them anyway. So <laughs> let's rule NRL out. Right. But it's so funny. I'm not a betting girl and I know absolutely nothing about horses. But every single year for as long as I can remember, I have picked the winning horse for the Melbourne Cup year in, year out. So you there's double page spreads in the newspaper of all the the horses and the jock. There's a picture of it, like a caricature of the jockeys. Yep. Have you seen those middle yeah. page? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll open that up. Uh, my husband he runs a pub, so he's got that open in the pub on morning cup on the morning of uh, Melbourne Cup, and I'll I'll go and I'll look at that. And I just get a feeling in my tummy and I have absolutely, I don't even read the blurb and I'll just point to a jockey and a horse and I'll put 10 bucks, only 10 bucks on that every year they win. But it was funny, the year I was pregnant, so 2015, I was heavily pregnant and I was quite ill um, throughout my pregnancy. And that was the year Michelle Payne actually won. Um, And I couldn't get... uh, to the pub in time to put that bet on. But I was saying, oh, this girl's going to win the Melbourne Cup for sure. And I think she was 99 to 1 to win. And she did. So I was very upset at myself that I, I didn't get down there. But isn't it funny? I always pick her for some reason. Well, you know who'll be taking a phone you know you'll be taking a phone call from a few people uh, on the eve of um, the first Monday evening in November next year. Yes. Well, Marianne, thank you for that. We look forward to following this now because this season closes out pretty quick. Um, I know we're getting really excited down here in Albury. We've got a game coming here on uh, New Year's Eve. Your Hurricanes, who you think could finish second, taking on the Mighty Thunder. So maybe that could help shape the final um, makeup of the top five in the uh, BBL. So, well, Marianne, you have a you have a great New Year. Enjoy the festive season, and um, I look forward to getting jumping back in a commentary box with you very soon. Absolutely. It will be great fun. Uh, great to speak to you both. All right. There we go. We have the guru of tipping. Marianne Henderson has gone for the strikers. Matty Ellison has given your Sydney funder just a little ray of hope. Not a great one, but just a little one. Oh, just a little bit of hope for the thunder, Robbie. Henderson's horoscope. What a story. The Sydney thunder not top of her list, Robbie. Well, Matt, the, the late news. Now, let's be fair just to all and sundry. Uh, pardon the cricket pun there. <laughs> but um, Hendo's horoscope was done earlier today. Okay. And we have just, we've delayed this, we've delayed this um, recording because the mighty Sydney Thunder have just defeated uh, Brisbane Heat for the second time in a couple of days. And are now, get this, one of five teams equal on six points, the top of the BBL KFC ladder for 2022-23. Stop the fight. The thunder. Will wow. T- yeah, unbelievable. Um, but, but, gee, but Maddie, gee. she's got form. Hendo. I know. Um, I know. I'm, I'm not going to go against her. I, I was there the day it happened. I saw, I felt the conviction in her voice about the strikers one third of the way through the season. And then they just clean swept everyone. Yeah, incredible. An, an incredible track record, Marianne Henderson, as is the track record of our man, Matthew Tabernar, who just a couple yeah. of weeks ago predicted boldly 
David Warner would have a day out. And he has done exactly that in the test match. We'll chat to Tabsy about that and much, much more on Tabsy's take in just a moment here on the Cricket Library Weekly. It's a very warm welcome back to the Cricket Library Weekly. And after a whole realm of technical difficulties... Uh, we are back for the final Tabsy's take for 2022. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Tabsy. It's great to have you back for one more run through of Tabsy's take. This is about the 14th time we've spoken today. Yeah, it is. We've had a few troubles, but hopefully we're, uh, we get through it this time. And Merry Christmas to you and your family and a Happy New Year to, uh, to all our listeners um, all over the world. And it's great to be back. And I was just wondering if you've been avoiding me recently to uh, to not look at some stats of a certain BBL team um, for this season. Yeah, speaking about happy Christmases, my my, my Christmas mood plummeted uh, <laughs> just prior to Christmas uh, on on the back of um, of something I, I actually had to watch twice uh, because I stayed up late at night to watch it, and then even though despite strongly advising to my kids perhaps we didn't need to watch the replay because they they'd gone to bed um but yes tabsy i guess we do need to talk about it um maybe that's what all those technical difficulties were was me just trying to <laughs> try to avoid the topic but sydney thunder tabsy uh 10 wicket win the other night against uh the brisbane heat a, a magnificent performance i think only the fifth team fifth time someone's won by 10 wickets in the big bash is that what you're wanting to discuss no no i was thinking i was thinking their first home game at sydney showground i think it was against the strikers and um it was remarkable that it was received hunt 368 t20 game and it's only the second time or the third time this one only the third time he's never bowled in the t20 and the previous two times was because it was raining so i don't know <laughs> why he didn't get a bowl um but I, I suppose the good thing about re-watching it that you had to do with your kids is that it wouldn't have taken up too much time to do that because, as you probably would know, the Thunder had the shortest completed innings in a professional cricket match uh, with, when they only faced 35 balls. Yeah. Um, yeah, Turkey uh, had that record, but they used 51. So, um, and while they were at it, they beat Turkey's lowest ever score by a professional cricket team, uh, Turkey got 21 in 2019 against the, the powerhouses that is the Czech Republic. Um, but unfortunately, the Thunder against the Strikers could only get 15. At, and at one stage, Tabsy, six for nine. Yeah, and that's the worst six for in BBL history. Uh, the previous worst was six for 26. So they've, they've smashed that, and I dare say they probably got the worst seven for eight for nine for 10 for, and probably... <laughs> Five and four for if you go back through the back through there, but saying that was four for not many the other night when Michael Nesser took a hat trick. So um, maybe maybe they might have got rid of that record very quickly. I might have to look into that. Yeah, yeah, Michael Nesser getting the job done, but the the person who we love at the cricket library, well, I love him at the cricket library mainly because of his list of initials. Wasn't that great parenting from Henry Thornton's parents, Tabsy, to ensure that on a cricket scorecard he has plenty of 
plenty of letters to take up his his name on the scorecard. Well, his his initials might actually would take longer to pronounce than the Sunday innings. It's about, <laughs> about six of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 a very comprehensive list of initials, uh, Henry Thornton. I'm a big big fan uh, mm-hmm. of of the parents there. I think a lot of credit needs to go. To the mum and dad. Do you, do you reckon they're a bit like me and just a bit indecisive, Tabsy, and just couldn't settle on a name, so just pick a whole bunch? Oh, I think that's what he's done. And remarkable, I think there's some random letters there. I think there's a J in there, and I think there's a Y for memory. So, oh, yeah, we might have to actually get that written down for next week's show. Yeah, I've, I think I've got it here, Tabsy. It's um, Henry Thomas... Raphael York Thornton. There you go. York. Yeah. I'm a fan yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, he should be a fan of that because he now has the best for the cheapest fifer in BBL history from that game. He took five for three. Oh, sorry. Oh, 2.5. Uh, oh, sorry. So we went. Oh, we're off that, are we? Sorry. Oh, so, so I'm really sorry, Tabsy. I've, it's just come to my attention via the ever-reliable Wikipedia source. I went, I went to a different source, and I forgot one. There's a James in there as well. Yeah, I thought there was a James. Yeah, I, Henry Thomas Raphael James York Thornton. So apologies for interrupting there, Tabsy. I, I should have gone to Wikipedia first. Yeah, that's a good reliable source of, of information. <laughs> Wikipedia. I think they've got spot on there, but yeah, and. So, yeah, he's got the cheapest fifer in, in BBL history when he took five to three off 2.5 uh, balls in that inning. So, yeah, incredible. Yeah, so, yeah, it was amazingly. But let's finish off with a positive for the Thunder because I know you, you like staying positive. In the first game, they beat the Stars in Canberra. Yeah, was I was there. 50th, yeah, that was their 50th win in BBL history. Yeah, yeah. And, so, yeah. and my, my son keeps reminding me that he is undefeated when viewing the Thunder. So might be a message there for the Thunder general manager, Andrew Gilchrist there. Maybe we need to get my kids at more games. I think so. Yeah, found defeated. Yeah. 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 And that's, so. that spans over a number of Big Bash campaigns, actually. So need to get to more games. Yep. And oh, now we had the quiz, Tabsy. We had the quiz. Yes. And lots of people engaging in this one. I must admit, I knew this one because this is a topic that gets talked about at my house ad nauseum. Most sixes in the Big Bash. Tabsy, who who was it? Oh, there's none other. It's probably Mr. Big Bash himself. It's Chris Lynn. The The man who can hit a ball off the dish at the radio telescope in parks. He, he's got all the attributes you'd want for a mega six hitter. Yeah, he... He, and he's, he's miles ahead. He's, he's got this record for a while. He started this season with 186. Oh, wow. I don't know what your six count is, but I don't know it's if you 180 yet. It's nine. nine. Oh, you're getting, you're, yeah, you're I'm only getting there. 171 shy, yeah. Yeah, well, you're actually a bit more now. He's hit another <laughs> three this season already, so he's up to 183. So, yeah, he doesn't stop, and um, he, he's hitting them now for the strikers, and he's probably happy with the move. The strikers are up the top, and the heat... Are, so motherless last at the moment, so he'd be very happy with his change of scenery. Yeah. Um, but the next best is actually Glenn Maxwell. He's only hit, when I say only hit, he's only hit 109. So he's 74 ahead of Glenn Maxwell. Wow. Which And Glenn Maxwell can hit a ball. 
Um, Lynn is also the only player in the BBL with over 3,000 runs. So yeah. that's pretty amazing too. But Finch is probably not far away after last night. He's now at 2,970. So he's only 30 away. So he's yeah. pretty confident he'll get 30 in the remaining games uh, this season. Um, and more remarkably, Lynn played in the very first match of the BBL. And when the strikers played the Thunder in Adelaide for the return match, that was the 500th BBL match. He played in that as well. Oh, so he's he a milestone man, match. isn't he? Oh, he loves the milestone. He's played in the first match and the 500th match. Name, so, name, name a more iconic Big Bash figure than C.A. Lynn. He's Mr. Big Bash, I reckon. Yeah, I think we can go with that. Um, yeah. But uh, longer format cricket, Tabsy. Five-day test matches, long, no, long, long format that. stuff. Yeah, no, no, we, we don't do that anymore. We, we go to two-day test matches. <laughs> first test. That seems to be the going thing these days, yeah. So saying that, two-day test matches in Australia is not that, not that common. That was only the second one, the one in Brisbane against South Africa. It was only the second time it's happened in Australia. Yep. The first one was in 1931 against the West Indies in Melbourne. So, yeah, luckily... The test match lovers, they get more than a weekend test match. They get generally get more in, when they play in Australia. Um, but the last time Australia won a test in two days was back in 2002 in Sharjah against Pakistan. And they did fifth the uh, Pakistanis for 59 and 53. So, That's yeah, right. when you dismiss, dismiss teams in the 50s, you're not going to be playing for too long, I wouldn't think. What, what year was that one, Tabsy? Uh, 2002. Oh, I think that's the game where Matthew Hayden made 100. And yeah, I think you're right. it was it was oppressively hot, and classic ML Hayden after the game when he was uh, addressing the media about the conditions and how tre- treacherous it was out there. He simply replied, "I didn't think it was that hot." <laughs> well, he was a Queenslander. <laughs> <laughs> he is a Queenslander, and he was on the field for longer than anyone else in the game. I dare say. I'd say so. Well, he probably wasn't off the field for that long at all. If he's opening the batting, getting 100, and then he'd be on the field for them fielding. Yeah. For the two innings. So, yeah, he would. He probably wouldn't. wasn't off for long. And Hay- Hayden's not even working up a sweat. He's used to those tough Queensland conditions where the humidity's through the roof and the temperature's soaring. He just goes about his business, peels off 100. No, I didn't think it was that hot. What's no, the fuss? No, I think that hot. Yeah. Yeah, might be lucky he wasn't in the middle of the MCG. This test match with Warner was going down. He might have done an, a classic AR, uh, AR border. <laughs> he might have. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but, now, um, now, speaking of David Warner, um, how how good was his his match in his 100th test? Well, I reckon, yeah, and I think we predicted this in the Tabsy take. Yeah, he come we up did. With a big one. I'm just going to put that out there because I know there's a talk of a cricket library weekly curse. Um, but that's not part of Tabsy's take. We we look at the we try and get players up, and we've done that with David Warner. So he scored um, his first Test century in one thousand and eighty six days. Oh wow! Taking, but what a one it was! What a way to do it in his hundred Test by scoring a double, a double century. Uh, he's the first Australian to do that in his hundred Test. Yep. Um, the only other player to do it is Joe Root, um, who did that last year when he scored 218 in his 100th test. So he's got the record. So David Warner might have broken that record, but got a first baller if you get a first baller after you're retiring it. But, yeah. yeah. So 
Um, so he didn't quite break the record, but he, he's the first Australian to do it. And he's only the second Australian player to score 100 in his 100 tests after Ponting did it in 2006 against South Africa. So if you're an Australian batsman, you want your 100 tests to be against South Africa. Yeah, and that was actually Johan Botha's test debut. And it was. The reason the reason we know that, obviously, is because jo- Johan Botha is a friend of the Cricket Library and he, he came on and told us all about it. <laughs> Yeah. And, but, and you, yeah, you could go back and have a listen to that, I'm sure, Tabsy. I'm, I'm, I think I might go and do that after we finish up here. Oh, well, I remember listening to that episode, but I might have to remember. I remember have to go back there, but I'm not sure about his long-distance running. I want to go into that area again. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, but Ponting's the only player to score a century in both innings of his 100 tests. So eight players have done it, 100 in their 100 tests, but Ponting's the only one to get one in both innings. Yeah, so, that that was... RT Ponting to a T, isn't it? He's just yeah. one of the greats, and rightly so. Yep. I reckon he's probably the best batter I've seen live. Yeah, I I, I would have to agree with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Alex Carey, very yeah. rare for wicket keepers to turn up on Boxing Day, or not on Boxing Day per se, but in the Boxing Day test. Yeah. Do you, how many times do you reckon it's happened? Wicketkeepers turned up in the Boxing Day Test match. Oh, I would have thought Gilchrist would have had to have done it once or twice for sure, but n- not the case. No, it's only it's only happened once before, and that was Rod Marsh. And uh, that, that was it, the centenary test, and that wasn't Boxing Day from memory. No, so yeah, so it was an MCG test, but yeah, it wasn't the Boxing Day test. But it's the only other wicketkeeper to score an MCG hundred. I find that absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's only one other wicketkeeper. So Kerry's only the second wicketkeeper to score a MCG test, 100, and he's the first wicketkeeper to get a Boxing Day one. Yeah. And There's been some so, good keepers who've played at the ground over the years. There's been some great keepers. And um, he's now got the highest score by an Aussie wicketkeeper in a Boxing Day, you know, sorry, an MCG <laughs> test. Rodmark's got 110 not out. Carey got 111. So I wonder if he knew that record and got 111 and said, that'll do me, I'm going. And he thought, I'm got just going to hit this straight up in the air. Got yep. the record, yep. hitting this straight up in the air, and I'm going to go and rest yep. on my laurels. Laurels, yep. yep. I don't need to. <laughs> you only have to break a record by one run. That's right. So, so yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's also Carey's the first Australian wicketkeeper to score a test century in nearly 10 years. 3,309 days or since January 2013 was the last time. Brad Haddon got 118 versus England in Adelaide. Last time a wicketkeeper scored a test century for Australia. So it's been a while. 2013. Yeah. So it's been a while. That has been a long while. Yep. And uh, Australia winning the series today. We're recording this pretty much a minute after Australia have wrapped up the series. I, I can't remember. It's been a while, hasn't it, since South Africa have lost the series here? Yeah, so South Africa won, have won the last three test series in Australia. So they won in 16-17, 12-13 and 08-09. You have to go all the way back to 2005 and 2006 since Australia won a test series in Australia against South Africa. That's... So it's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, a pretty amazing uh, record that South Africa have in Australia. Yeah, um, and Australia had some pretty good teams in that time. Oh, they definitely have. 
so is it, dare I say, is it South Africa's batting a little bit too brittle at the moment? Well, yeah, probably not the best. When in the last eight test innings, they've only got over 200 once, and that was today. And they got 201. 200 I can't remember the final score, but we've only just kicked over. It's a huge last wicket partnership. But yeah, when you only score 200 once in eight test innings, you're not winning too many test matches, especially against Australia and Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and especially where Australia scored 500 in the first innings um, in this test, or their only innings, and that's the 150th time Australia scored 500 in test history. How, how many times? So, Sorry, say that again. 150th time that Australia has oh. scored 500 in test history. It's taken <laughs> yeah, good. 800, 848 tests to, uh, to do that. But they're leading the pack. England are the only other nation with more than... Uh, they've done it 111 times in six seconds. Yeah, right. So it so, doesn't happen all that often, 500. But if you get 500, you win a lot of tests, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And speaking of a team that wins a lot of games, the Australian women's cricket team, what a year they have had. Tabsy, take us through some of the numbers here. Uh, yeah, well, it was very hard to, to come up with the stra- to keep this short for Australian women. They win everything. Um, so they played 24 matches in sport this year. So in one day, T20s and test matches. And in that, they won 22 matches. They had one draw, which was the test match, and they only had one loss, which was in India in the recent series, which went to a super over. Wow. So, yeah, not a bad year. Um, so they're unbeaten in for the 22 matches. Um, but, yeah, had that one loss, unfortunately, not to go through the year year undefeated. But uh, with the Indian series, they've won that. That's 16 consecutive series they've now won, um, dating back for all the games. And that includes the one-day World Cup uh, and the Commonwealth Games gold medal for this year. And uh, I'm sure they're looking forward to defending another World Cup next year in, I think that's in New Zealand. It's absolutely my. I think it's in India, possibly. Is it or? Oh, well, we might have to double check that one too. Yeah, might have to go back. Or South Africa. Might be South Africa. I think it's South Africa. Yeah. yeah, I think it is South Africa. Yeah, I think the last one was in New Zealand. Yeah, the last one was in oh, New the, Zealand. Yeah, yeah, South Africa this time. So. And and yeah. friend of the cricket library, Heather Graham. Yeah, took a hat trick. Yeah. Made a yeah, it took a hat trick. This is quite remarkable. It's, only the second hat trick for Australia in T Twenty internationals. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's surprising. I thought there might have been a few more, but um, Megan Shoot was the only one to take a hat trick, and that was again against India in twenty eighteen. So in Australian bowlers, they want to bowl in India yeah. or against India to get a hat trick. So um, yeah, so well done to uh, Heather Graham. So another episode to go back and listen to. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. and um, captaincy. Tabsy, Meg Lanning's announced that she's back. Uh, that's great news, I think, for for Australian women's cricket. But a uh, couple of captains in between. Yeah, so uh, this year Australia had their seventh and eighth captain in T20 International. So Alyssa Healy, for the first four matches uh, against India, was captain. And then, unfortunately, she got injured in the fourth T20 against India, which meant that she missed her first game in the T20 Internationals January 2013. So she's played 106 consecutive matches without missing a game, which oh, is a world wow. record. But unfortunately, did her calf, which has ruled her out of that fifth game 
and the upcoming series against Pakistan, um, which meant the eighth T20 captain, Talia McGrath, the number one batter in the world, uh, came captain. And she only played 18 matches, so yeah, they um, see a bit of a future leadership role for Talia. Yeah, she is a talent, Talia McGrath, and great opportunity for her to lead the team, uh, albeit in a, a fill-in type capacity. It's the one from one. One from one. That's a that's a great stat. And Elise Perry back. Yeah, she finally got back. Yeah, it's, uh, been in and out of the T20 side, more recently out of it. Um, hasn't played much in the last 12 months, but uh, she finally got back into the, the team and a few retirements um, might have helped her and a few people unavailable helped her get back in. But she's uh, probably made a case for to stay in that side and when you're probably one of the the best female cricketers ever to play the game uh, worldwide in the history of the game. Um, it's hard to, uh, to see why she couldn't stay in that team. But on the over there in India, she scored her fastest 50 in any format ever of 33 balls. So, yeah, she's she's come back and worked on a game and has got back in that team. And um, hopefully she might stay in there for a while now. And she had quite a good series. Yeah, well, let's, let's hope so, Tabsy. Um, now, before we go... Uh, our final question for 2022. Surely, surely you're finishing off with something Marnus related for us. Oh, it's not a Tabsy's take if we don't have a Marnus in here and try to find a lot of ways to, to get Marnus into this episode of Tabsy's Take and I found a way. Oh, yes. So, yes, yeah. It was nearly going to be a Thunder question, but no, I had to go with Marnus. Had to go. Had to go with my Marnus. But, and rightly um, so. Yeah, so against the West Indies, the two-test series, he broke the, the Australian record for the most runs in the two-test series with 502 against the West Indies. That's a lot of runs in two tests. He's a lot of runs in two tests. That might take me about two years to get 502 oh. runs. Probably more. Ooh, that's, when a good, that's when I was in half good nick. Yeah. But what I want to know is who had the record prior to that? Whose record did he break? How many runs did they score and against who? So you've got to look for two test series. Okay. Okay, two test series. And who had the most runs in an Australian? So I'm looking at an Australian, the Australian record. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, two test series. Yeah, this is a good one, folks. So get in touch with us on the socials at the Cricket Library, um, the Cricket Library podcast on Facebook, wherever, wherever you like to go, even if you want to put a TikTok out there. Um, do whatever you need to do to get your answer in. And my understanding is uh, the latest uh, Honey update I saw from uh, Robbie McKinlay's Robbie's is that we're getting closer to having some honey to give away. So get yourself get yourself in the in the in the running for some of that that magnificent Robbie's honey, and um, tell us who who before Manus. Yeah. I give a little little clue, not a big one. It was in the two thousand. In the two thousands, okay, I'll be yeah, scouring. So it's in the last, it's in the last twenty. What are we up to? Twenty or nearly twenty? Last twenty-two years, nearly twenty-three. Oh, twenty-two years. I like years. that. That's good. Richie yeah. liked that. Yeah. Well, actually, there was a nice, nice little stat. I don't know if you saw this one. Was that during the uh, the test, Scott Boland had twenty-two wickets for two hundred and twenty-two runs for two balls. Oh, yes. That was his, that was his career figures. The, oh. two balls, the two balls in his career, he had 22 for 222. 
Well, that is the best possible way we could wrap up this segment, Tabsy. Thanks so much for joining us as always. Uh, Happy New Year to you and uh, looking forward to catching up in 2023. Yep, thanks very much and Happy New Year to you and all your listeners and I can't wait to be back in 2023. A massive thanks once again to our man Tabsy. Doesn't he have the data, Robbie? He just, like for us, we've we've had a bit of Christmas ham, family and friends over. I reckon Tabsy's just been crunching numbers for Christmas. He's crunched numbers, all right. And that's the thing about Tabsy. We like to have a bit of banner amongst all the libraries, the three, and he's always hard to beat, isn't he, because he just has the numbers and, Sometimes we go on our gut feeling. And we re- <laughs> yeah. I, I reckon, no, hang on, Tadji, I reckon then straight away the true accountant that he is, he just goes bang with data and he shuts you down just like that. Data is king, Robbie, and he's definitely proven that. Speaking of king, what, what a nice tribute to SK Warren in the Boxing Day Test match, Robbie, the, the spectacle that that is and uh, just the – the tribute to to a wonderful career. Yeah, it was. It, it, I suppose it probably rubber stamps it all now because that was the third, the return of um, Test cricket at mm. the MCG where Warney um, performed. You know, I think he took his seven hundredth wicket there. So they have done it r- really well right throughout, and I think it's been very healthy for also for his mates. Um, yeah. You know, his fellow commentators and teammates. It's really important, I think, that you know that you do put it out there and chat and the kids look like they're going well so yeah so no it was really nice and I, one thing I have noted too Maddie, I, I like the way the commentators are starting to reference the, the Shane Warne end or the Warne end yeah. which, which I really like and that's, that's going to become synonymous so I look forward to our calling cricket the MCG again one day and doing the same thing. Absolutely Robbie and it's nearly the end of 2022 and New Year's Eve. Everyone is getting ready for New Year's Eve. And it's traditionally everyone's thinking Adelaide Oval, New Year's Eve. But this year, Robbie, something very special is happening on the border. The Big Bash is on its way to Lavington. I'm really excited about this. Yeah, Matty, I must admit, mate, it, it is very exciting. There's been a lot of work going to this um, from you know local local council and uh, cricket administrators, and the support of Sydney Farm has been fantastic. And it's coming to the Lavington Sports Ground, of course, it, and it's had so many other historic moments we've spoken about. Uh, in Zimbabwe beat England mm. there 30 years ago. Um, we've had Sheffield Shield cricket there. We've had England play... New South Wales in a, in a tour game, you know it, it's been a lot of we've had some we've had city versus country rugby league, uh, thirteen AFL teams have played practice matches there, so it has got a great history. It is a magnificent stadium. Uh, ticket sales are pointing towards a crowd of at least eight thousand at the moment. It is wow. they've gone nuts. Yeah, they've gone nuts the last couple of days. It is one of the great viewing grounds anywhere in Australia because it's, it's a bit of an amphitheatre type setup. Um, you've got the massive grass hill mm. on the southern on the southern end, and then on the uh, 
the northern and you've got the newly redeveloped grandstand. It's unusual, Maddie. The the cricket pitch uh, runs north south like most of you do, but in the football season, the goalposts run east west, which is completely different. Normally, the goalposts follow the cricket pitches in all the grounds around yeah. Australia. So, but yeah, it's going to be great. The locals will really get up behind it. They love their sport down here on the border. It's got a great catchment area. You've probably got the population of Albury Donga is around about 120,000 people. And then you can double that again within an hour radius. And you've got pace like, then you've got Wagga a little bit outside of that, you know, that type of thing. You've got Wangaratta down to the south. So, yeah, it's all very exciting. And I think you can just feel the buzz has really lifted in the last couple of days. So, yeah, look forward to, to a, a great occasion. The weather looks good. Yeah, outstanding, Robbie. And uh, a wonderful opportunity to see cricket go regionally. I, I think the last time there was a big game down there at Lavington, it was the WBBL fixture, probably 2016-17. And, and, yeah, yep. And and the Stars played the, played the Thunder in in the, the – did they bill it as the border bash back then in a men's big bash trial game? Yeah, they did. That's exactly how they did. I was only looking at some of the promotional uh, flyers from it two days ago. And, of course, the, the big attraction on the second time around was Kevin Peterson. Yeah. Kate, he played there, you know, and that was great. And, you know, Glenn Maxwell's there. No, look, it, it, it's the star-started lineup. Um, it's got, you know, Fox, all the Fox commentators will be there. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's just going to be fantastic. It's very, very exciting. So I think it's the start of a good things to come down on the border for um, getting really good content on all types of sports, but particularly – the game we love, and that's cricket, Australia's favourite summer sport. Absolutely, Robbie, and and plenty coming up in the new year. We're going to have a little hiatus from the Cricket Library Weekly due to our work commitments. I'll be I'll be up in Sydney yeah. uh, at the third Test match. I'm really looking forward to that, Robbie. Lots of conversation around who might be included mm. in that in that final eleven, and uh, I don't think there'll be too many surprises there. I just love the different names that get thrown up. I mean, I've got a list of probably 30 or 40 players that I've got my eye on. Um, and I just, yeah. I, I just love seeing the list in places like Twitter and other, uh, yeah. other public sort of forums where people are throwing names out there. Bryce Street hasn't really got much airtime. No, not yet. And that's okay. I, I'm okay yeah. with that. I, I think it, yeah. I'm happy with him just sort of flying under the radar at the moment. But players like Aaron Hardy, he had a massive yeah. game in the Shield final. Um, and Ricky Ponting, Ricky Ponting has been mentioning him in dispatches. Don't tell me they don't listen to Ricky Ponting. Okay. But my one, Maddie, Todd Murphy. You, you reckon Murph might it be could, a bolter? It could be a chance. Could be a chance. Yep. Looking for another spinner. So, yeah. Did the selectors they, listen to this podcast? Well, I think they, well, hopefully I do. Yeah. Hopefully Tony Dottomay does. I had lunch with him a week before he started his selection campaign. And, you know, I was happy to throw a few things at him. <laughs> SM Boland. Hello, hello Scotty Boland. Yeah. So, but no, uh, he's good. His good friend Merv Hughes was uh, trumpeting enough that night, that day for um for um Scotty Boland. But yeah, he's proved a real real master stroke. But hey, having Australia play well, though, Matty, gee, they're playing good cricket. I was absolutely delighted 
to Alex Kerry. Yeah. What he was able to achieve. He he's one of my favorite. He's just a good guy. Yeah. Good bloke. Yeah, and DA Warner as well. Double hundred. I what know a comeback. Tabsy, Tabsy's been spruiking that. No, oh, I've got enough. I can't give any more about Dave Warner. Tabsy just he reeled him out from everywhere. And and Robbie, you're back at work in early January as well. The WNCL season yeah. kicking into full gear. It was great to see some of those games in the lead up to Christmas. You were down there in Canberra, obviously, uh, for a couple of games on the eve of Christmas, and then the competition just keeps bubbling away in the background there. Well, we've got this feast of cricket, Test match cricket, Big Bash cricket, WNCL. It's all happening. Well, it, and. This, the WNCL, the first um, sort of two or three weeks that are so important because it's ahead of the series against Pakistan here in Australia. And then as soon as that finishes, we're over to South Africa for the World Cup. So, mm. yeah, it, it, there's a lot to play for in, in this WNCL. Um, and I've, uh, two of the games I'll be doing will be at the Junction Oval between Victoria and New South Wales where we just see so much talent. So, yeah, really looking forward to it, Matty. Yeah, me too, Robbie. And, of course, the Australian women's team got that series against Pakistan coming up in January as well, and we probably won't get to preview any of that. uh, And we'll be speaking about it retrospectively. But great to see Meg Lanning back. And I think that is a good sign for the year ahead for the Australian women's cricket team. It all goes well. And I'll tell you what, Matty, throughout... Towards the back end of January, early February, I think it's um, the final of the KFC Big Bash. I'm looking forward to see how Hendo's horoscope play pans oh. out because this could, if the strikers get up, this could be it. I don't know where it's going to take us or take Marianne. Uh, yeah, I like it how you threw Marianne straight in with us when things yes. things that she's saying is. is oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're happy to ride no. on, on your coat coattails, uh, yeah. Hendo. That's fine yeah. with us. We'll be, we'll be with you when you fall. Uh, we've, we've been riding on Tabsy's coattails. We've been riding on Marianne Henderson's coattails. But uh, I guess I guess that's what we do. We're, we're the poster we boys, do. really, of this podcast, aren't we, Robbie? That's we, right. We, we, <laughs> we leave the hard work to the uh, hard workers, I guess. Uh, and, and speaking of hard work, Robbie... Uh, it's time for us to go. Yeah, sure. Thanks for another good year, mate. Um, and look forward to when you've um, done your hard yards. Yeah, towards, I don't know, towards the middle of back end of January, we'll be back doing it again. But um, yeah, hope everyone, hope everyone's had a, a really nice festive season so far. And let's hope that 2023 is a bit more of a year of not as many surprises, you know, in the world and whatnot. Having a bit of a year of stability be be very nice. But we're all got a part to play and play in that. So. We all can uh, play our part. So, yeah, happy new year to all. And speaking of stability and consistency, Robbie, you, you'll be pleased to know that as we're recording this, I'm still on a high. Yes, I'm on a high from the Sydney Thunder win, but I'm also on a high because earlier today with my lovely wife and children, oh. I, I had my annual coffee. And, and, uh, what, hey, what did you have? What did you have? Well, well, at the risk of uh, shocking the world, uh, my my favourite coffee in the last probably ten years was a long black that I had down yeah, that, in down yeah. in Mildura. But today, yeah. I had a latte, just a wow. standard standard latte, not a caramel latte. There's a guy 
a, a very yeah. popular oh, broadcaster oh. I know that was big on the caramel lattes and used to cop a little bit of um, yeah. banter in yeah. and around that choice. But no, I just went the the standard latte. Aaron went for a cappuccino. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was it was delightful. It was, it was wonderful just to sit and relax with the kids and have my annual cup of coffee. And um, who knows? Who knows? There's been a lot of talk around. What's that one that you have in like a cocktail glass? It's like the nah, Maddie. Don't go there, mate. Just, just if you're only going to have one a year, don't just go have there. Something that have something that's safe. And a latte is as safe as Alex Curry's gloves at the moment. So, so the espresso martini. You're you're sort of putting a line through that. Leave that to the yeah. Look, leave that to another set. Mate, and, <laughs> hey, when you when you when you gulp down your last sip and you put your glass down, did you say, "Well, that's it for another year"? <laughs> oh, I wish I did, Robbie. But gee, that, gee, it was it's uh, just satisfying. I, I I love I love the aroma, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and and just I just love pacing myself. I just Don't like, you ever? <laughs> so, hey, would you would you ever think about maybe upping the ante and maybe having one twice a year, or are you just happy to still roll with it? Uh, I think for me to ta- to make a decision about that would probably take another ten years, Robbie. So. Yeah, yeah, okay. Oh, well, hey, don't rush into it. Yeah, yeah. I I I live my life the way I bat, Robbie. Very, very steady, um, and and that's okay. That's okay because oh, it, yeah. it works for me. I'm hearing that um, your return to the crease has been a pretty profitable one too, but not quite, a, we'll... not quite enough to get me an IPL deal, Robbie. But yeah. certainly, oh, no. certainly putting yeah. my name out there. But hey, we, we've probably spoken for All another right. five or six minutes since it was <laughs> time to go. <laughs> but a massive thanks to Marianne Henderson. Massive thanks to Matthew Tavener, and of course. A massive thanks to all of our loyal listeners around the world. Yes. It, it's been a, a, a an absolute thrill sharing the year with you all. And, and from Robbie and I, we, we, we wish you all the best uh, for 2023. It's going to be a great year for all the cricket librarians out there. And uh, we're right behind you. Here, here.